some words of encouragement. Now, out of those eight Beatitudes, those eight blessed are, were there any that stood out for you? Uh, Can you see why Jim's family chose this particular passage? For many of us, the one that would have stood out was, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. What an encouraging promise to reflect on as we sit here before someone we respect, love, and miss so dearly. So we'll have a quick look at the background behind these promises and then how we can make them for ourselves. So how can we be comforted as we mourn? How can we be consoled, encouraged, even blessed as we grieve? A word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that you will help us in our time of grief. Open our deaf ears and soften our hard hearts to hear your words of encouragement and peace this morning. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now this the saying, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, is one of eight Beatitudes introducing the most famous sermon ever preached. The most famous sermon preached by anyone in any age at any time. And it's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And it's so famous that I'm sure every one of you here will be able to quote at least some of it in part. It's that well known. And I'm not just talking about church goers, but everyone. See if you can finish these phrases for me. Turn the other cheek. First spoken by Jesus here on Sermon on the Mount. Go the second mile. Again, first spoken here by Jesus. Seek and you shall find... Enter by the narrow gate. Even the Lord's Prayer was first spoken in this sermon. Our Father who art in in heaven. Amazing how well known it is, isn't it? Those words that were spoken some 2,000 years ago in our common English. And not only is this sermon famous, but historians and scholars agree that no other speech has had more impact and influence on history than the Sermon on the Mount. Greater than Churchill's, we will fight them on the beaches. Greater than Lincoln's famous Gettysburg Address is this Sermon on the Mount. And these eight Beatitudes introduce this most famous of sermons and are the key to understanding what follows. Especially the first Beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is the key that unlocks the whole message It's those who come to Jesus with humility, who recognize their spiritual poverty and their great need before him. They are the ones that will be comforted, filled, shown mercy, who will see God, be called peacemakers and receive the kingdom of heaven. It's those who look to Christ in their time of mourning who will be comforted. Now let me show you what this looks like from an episode in Jesus' life. Now, among Christ's friends were two sisters and a brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now, Jesus would often stay with his friends as he traveled around Palestine, and they obviously enjoyed each other's company. However, Lazarus fell sick, and sadly, he died. And when the news reached Jesus, he traveled to the family home. Now, Martha heard Jesus was coming and met him on the road just outside the village. Lord, said Martha, If you had been here, 
my brother would not have died. How many of us have prayed that prayer when a loved one has gone? Lord, if you had only healed my loved one, they would still be here. Where are you, God, in the midst of my pain? Well, Martha asks the same thing, and she was right to do so because she had seen Jesus heal many people miraculously. Jesus had healed people from his mother-in-law with a simple fever to someone who was blind to people that were near death. He even raised a little girl from the dead. Lord, said Martha, if you'd only been here, my brother would have not have died. And so how did Jesus respond to this heartfelt cry of a grieving sister? He said this, John eleven twenty five. he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, what does, what does that mean? Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And what's that about? Well, there's a lot going on there, and we'll come back to it soon. But it's not long before Mary finds out that Jesus is nearby, and she also joins Jesus and her sister. And she ends up asking exactly the same words as Martha. John 11:32. Lord, said Mary, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Exactly the same question from the two sisters. Heartfelt. It's almost like, Jesus, if you'd been here, you could have healed my brother. And so we would expect Jesus to repeat himself and say that I am the resurrection and the life. But his response was very, very different. John eleven thirty five, two words. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, and some say the most powerful verse in the Bible. In Mary's grief, Jesus didn't say anything. He just drew alongside and tears filled his eyes. Now, if the story ended here, this would be good and helpful and a wonderful example of us on how we can draw aside those who grieve. There are times when we don't need to say anything. We sit beside those that miss a loved one and a tear comes to our eye. And that is enough. But as I said, if the story ended there, that would be good and well. But there's a twist, a wonderful and glorious twist to this story. For next, Jesus makes his way to the tomb, which is nearby, with the two sisters and a crowd of onlookers who have gathered. And they come to the tomb. And it happens to be a cave chiseled out of rock with a stone laid across it, common in Palestine in those days. And inside, Lazarus's body had been there three days. And instead of paying his last respects, Jesus surprised everyone by commanding, take away the stone. But Martha, forever practical, says, ah, but there will be a smell. But eventually they roll the stone away. And then Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And to everyone's amazement, he does, still wrapped in his grave clothes. And Jesus says, take off the cloths, and let him go. And so earlier Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and now he proves it by raising Lazarus from the dead. And this miracle is not even the main event. This is just a precursor. For things get a lot worse and then a lot better. For in just a short time, Jesus is betrayed by a good friend. Not by Lazarus or Martha or Mary, but by Judas. 
And Jesus is illegally tried and whipped and crucified. He is nailed to the cross and all creation holds its breath as Jesus, the Son of God, breathes his last. And like Lazarus, he's wrapped in grave clothes, laid in a tomb, and the tomb is sealed with a large stone. And Satan dances and the angels mourn as on that first Good Friday, life died. Yet three days later, a surprise, a marvellous surprise. The stone is rolled away, the tomb is empty, the grave laid bare because death could not hold Jesus down. Christ, the resurrection and the life, has broken the chains of sin and death and is raised to everlasting life. And this is the good news of the gospel. It was our rebellion and our sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. He took the punishment that we deserved so that we could be set free. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And this is why blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Because Christ died, all those who look to him, who believe, will not perish. And so for Jim, there is no more pain or suffering, no more tears, for blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To all who look to Christ with humble hearts, everlasting life is there. And this is our comfort as we mourn and as we grieve and as we miss Jim dearly. Death is not the end for Jim who looked to Christ, but his new beginning. And as we who are left behind, we mourn as the night is dark, as our hearts are heavy. And as we cry, God, if you had only been there, my loved one would not have died. Remember that Christ will come and whisper, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me when you die, then you will live everlasting. And at other times, in sadness. And we cry, Lord, if you'd only been there, my loved one would not have died. We hear no words, but we feel a hand on our shoulder. And looking up, we see Christ with his eyes full of tears, who meets us in our sorrow And bears our grief. Blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. Let's pray.